Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. I'm Giles. Mate, welcome back. Welcome back. Your first appearance of the season. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've been a bit slack recently, so it's nice to uh, nice to get a call up. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the call-up's always there, right? It's just you retired from international duty for a little bit and now now you're back. It's like when Paul Scholes <laughs> came back for one game for Man United, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of admin to do, first of all. We need your predictions um, for... So it's not fair, because me and Jack did them before the start of the season, but I'm going to give them to you now. You've, with the knowing that you've got a little bit of flavour of how the season's gone so far. So where are we going to finish? We are going to finish... Mm. We're going to finish fifth, ASD. That's why I said optimistic fifth. Uh, where are we going to? <laughs> where are we going to get in the FA Cup? But can I just say fifth is Champions League this season, right? Yeah, but have you seen the state of the Champions League next yeah. year? What a disgrace that is. Uh, uh, we can go into that a bit later. Um, yeah, I mean, the, for everyone who doesn't know, the the Champions League now is one big group. Everyone plays eight games but they're against eight different teams aren't they so the weird home the home and away uh benefit has, has disappeared and then there's x amount go through then there's a playoff of the last places then you go into the last 16 quarters semis and final but anyway okay uh where are we going to finish in the fa cup uh well i think we're going to win the fa cup asd Good. Uh, where are we going to go in the League Cup? And I'll tell you where we all said. I said the semi. I, I know Jack said the semi. going to get knocked out um, <laughs> by Fulham. <laughs> knocked out by Fulham. Well, you win that prediction. We record this on Monday night, obviously. <laughs> uh, unexpected hero. Ah, uh, well, see, I've, uh, yeah, I've had the benefit of the first few games, right? You so really have. I suppose... May I trust you enough if, to go, who did you think before and have that be, has that been cemented, you know? Yeah, but I'm going to sound like a liar here because I genuinely thought Idogi would be just quality, only in part because everything is relative, right? And we've been so lacking in wing, but, wing back terms. Um, and I And I did obsessively read everything I could find about him last season. That said, had I said this a few weeks ago, I would have been... You know, I, I didn't believe he would be technically as as good or that he would adapt as quickly as he seemingly has. So, no, we'll come to that, though, but that's fine. And then standout player. Jack said Harry Kane. So you can see this, the standard of this prediction. Uh, well, it's got to be Madders only because I've I've long hoped we would buy him. And I genuinely thought it was a pipe dream. Yeah, I think everybody said um, Rob said Vicario and Udogi, me, you, Chris, Madsen. Jack came. Yeah. How do you want to feel at the end of the season? I want to feel exactly how I feel now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. It's hard to express my happiness when you're cursed with a monotone voice, but, <laughs> but honestly, I I have just adored. I've just adored it. Like I, I have, and I, and I think most Spurs fans are the same. Albeit, you know, transfer window, there was quite a lot of negativity around that, but. You know, it's hard to get a realistic gauge um, yeah. or a representative sample of any stretch when you're only looking on Twitter or X, as nobody calls it. I've come off now. I really miss what it used to be, you know, mm. but it's not. But even if I go back, it's not what it was. So, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm still on it and I miss what it used to be, mate. 
Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Uh, goal difference. Final question. What is our goal difference going to be? Oh, it's a good question, isn't it? That's a really good question. I think our goal difference will be 34. <laughs> Just <laughs> to give you context, Chris said five. I said 12. Jack said 16. Rob said 10. So I think you might actually win yeah. that one. It's yeah. good. Good, 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 good. Um, loads to talk about. End of the transfer window. We've got Fulham. And we have Burnley. Where do you want to start? Should we just get Fulham out of the way? Yeah. Well, I mean, how did you feel when you saw that team? Miserable. Miserable. Because it, it just feels like we know what's going to happen here, don't we? We know what that team's capable or not capable of, you know? Yeah. I I, I mean, it's easy in, in hindsight to say miserable. I was I was... I was slightly deflated. Miserable isn't the right word. I was deflated because there were so many changes. I was excited because the fool in me thought that the players that hadn't performed previously would all of a sudden find this new wave of talent and energy to dance to Big Angie's merry tune, and, and they just didn't. I was excited to see Lachelso because I figured that if anyone's going to be able to play that type of dynamic attacking, you know, full of flair role, then he would. And, and obviously he was yanked at halftime for whatever reason. Um, and I suppose I was just concerned because Fulham had come off the back of a pretty impressive performance at the Goons. And it just felt like we underestimated them. And the, the bigger, I suppose, piece of the context puzzle is we knew that the League Cup was, and um, well, probably was our most realistic route to winning anything this season. Yeah. So for it to not work, it's weird, right? So I think you can hold two contradictory thoughts at once. And I think that's one of the two. The other one is I totally understand, and I know you said the same thing too, I totally understand Big Ange wanting to see the players and see how they perform in this environment because otherwise yeah. how can he really gauge it? So I also believe that's true. It's just gutting that we didn't, you know, get over the right. line. Yeah, I, it's so frustration. It just, it felt like we knew what was going to happen. It, it reminded us of what had happened felt like a bit like coming home from holiday you know it was just that oh, it's like i've got to put everything in the wash i've got to work tomorrow you know got to get food in all of that sort of stuff it just it was that sinking feeling and i don't know it did a lot of people were a bit like oh, season's over now we're not going to win anything ah oh, that's a bit defeatist for me but it it was a good chance to win something but now we can just literally concentrate on two competitions and playing once a week yeah. So yeah. And it also, was... our, our bubble had to get popped at some point. And you know, part of me is is probably relieved it didn't happen to Burnley instead. Yeah. I yeah it, yeah. Let's before then the end of the windows. So let me read you who we bought. Uh, I haven't got it in order. I've just got it by price because I'm on transfer market. Uh, Brennan Johnson for a lot of money, 55 million euros. Uh, Madders for 46. Pedro Porro, we finalised. Mickey van der Ven, Kudusevsky, we finalised. Vicario, Alejo Veliz, Ashley Phillips, who we haven't heard much about. Manuel Solomon, and then Spence and Roden came back. And then going out, obviously Harry Kane. Harry Winks went to Leicester. DJ Spence went to Leeds on a loan. Moore has gone. Roden's gone to Leeds on loan. Tanganga's gone to Augsburg on loan. And Regilon has gone to Manchester United on a loan. So all interesting. So how, well, how would you give it? What would you give it out of 10? 
Oh, do you know what? I could either either give it a seven or a three, depending on how hard I <laughs> how hard I think about it. I think the transfer window is such a weird thing because you could quite easily convince yourself that the metric to measure the success of it is head count, um, and then you only have to look at you know our Poch and what's going on down at Chelsea, or even you know the the number of players that Forest have signed. They signed seven on transfer deadline day, right? In one day, seven players. So. And there's a bit of me which I think exists in all fans to varying degrees of wanting to see head count and change. Um, but I think what we have to look at is what's happening on the pitch, what the mood is, what the sentiment is, how hopeful we're feeling, how much happier we're feeling. Mm. And I think that it's fair to bring that into your score for how the transfer window is. Because like we could have, I, I wish we'd got rid of a, a few more players. Um, but I, unlike, again, a lot of the Enoch Out Brigade, I don't blame the club for that because if Ndombele doesn't want to play for someone and he clearly doesn't, then yeah. what are you going to do? Like, you can't just force them out at gunpoint. Same with Eric Dyer. I mean, we couldn't have made it clearer that we wanted him to go. He hasn't even made the, the match day squad. He didn't make the squad for Fulham. I mean, no. I almost made the squad for Fulham. It's mad. <laughs> and yet, so so I think there's lots of... It's easy to be negative about the transfer window. And yes, of course, we sold arguably, you know, our, one of our best ever players. So as soon as you start thinking about that, how can you possibly say the transfer window was successful? But if we almost like park that to one side and we look at the change in personnel that make the match day 11, then I think you have to say it's positive. It's definitely positive. Like you say, like it, a lot depends on who goes out as to who comes in. And yeah, Kane went out and we could have spent the money. And I think the the biggest thing for me is he very obviously wanted a new centre-back and we don't have that. But we mm. do have Mickey van der Ven, who I think is fabulous. Yeah. And, you know, the backups aren't perfect. But apart from that, the players we've got in, fabulous. Like, yeah. you, you look at the players that we need. We need very direct attacking wingers because we talked to this about, about this last week like where are the competition for places because you go goalkeeper not really Vicario's first choice and there's no like, but only Arsenal have the competition really for goalkeepers don't they in that which is a bit weird you go right back not really centre back not really left back not really central midfield definitely because you've got Skip Bentaka Saar Basuma no problem with that mm. And then front three, what, Sun, Madison, Kudusevsky are number one. And then what, you've got Solomon, Johnson now to come in. And that that's the fight. And then up front, Richarlison and maybe Sun. Like there, There's not a huge mm. amount of competition, but Brennan Johnson coming in. I said last year how much, when we were talking about just the Wales squad, it might have been before the World Cup. I think he's a really good player. And I don't think his stats are Nottingham Forest show how good he is because he had to play a certain way and actually I think he'll be brilliant for us I can't wait to see him playing because he is so directed he's rapid he's a good finisher and obviously he's Welsh he's not Welsh he was born in Nottingham he's from Nottingham <laughs> <laughs> like he's never been he played for England under 16 and under 17 so like he's Welsh mate he's Welsh yeah, yeah he's, he's Welsh you love him more because he's Welsh I love him more because he's Welsh and he, he pulls on the shirt and he plays and he loves it I think it's brilliant Kane I wasn't sad when he went, I'd, maybe because we knew he went, maybe because I'm old, but just it's the start of a new era. I think it's good he's gone. You know, it's it's mm. we had to, we would have to play a certain way. He 
played in all the positions that he wanted to. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the world, but we can just have a fresh start now. And look at look at what's happening. Everybody's so happy. He would have been a focal point, but now it can be anyone can score. And mm. I, 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 I'm loving life right now. So I think it was a good window. We paid the right money for the right people. We didn't piss away the Harry Kane money. And I, if I have a look at these players, that like they've come in and make instant differences. Vicario is really good. He's really mm. very, very good. Mickey Van der Ven, Porro, I know. Like I think he's he's looking really good now. Madison, how good is James Madison? I did not appreciate how good he was at Leicester, but he's in this amazing range of form. And I was thinking about Ericsson. Oh, he was my favourite player. I loved him when he was at Ajax. I loved that we went and got him, and I lo- I love an attack in number ten. But he never had the aggression and he never looked like right. he was having fun. Whereas you look now and you have a look, Madsen looks like he loves it and he looks like he, he, he's he got heart, which we always said, ironically, that Ericsson didn't have the heart, didn't have full heart. You know, like he'd pull out of 50-50, 60-40s. Uh, whereas Madsen just feels has got it a bit more, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I um I, I, yeah I I couldn't agree more especially with um your point on James Madison I think that there I think people are so like I get the comparison with Ericsson and I'm not knocking anyone who makes that comparison because he probably is the in in recent histories probably well no I I, I don't even know what I'm going to say now I I <laughs> think that he was so obviously lacking that we feel like we've got a player who sort of ticks a few boxes that Ericsson did. But to be honest, he reminds me more of Gaza. I mean, he's got he's got that flair and um, ability to do something so something that I think was beyond Ericsson. I don't think Ericsson was as explosive with his no. flair. He was probably, you know, arguably one of the best technicians. Um, fantastic strike of the ball, incredible creativity. But he was he was kind of a different sort of player. There's you know shades of Ginola in in Madison um the way he affects and drives the whole attack um and he's just yeah he's there's something so amazingly likable about him and I also think your point on Kane is bang on like Kane has just been sadly we've had this thing hanging over us for several transfer windows in a row now and it's not it's not relief that he's gone, but there is something similar where you're you're finally you knew one day whether he'd retire or he would get the transfer, which he clearly deserves. Either way, we'd, there'd have to be a Tottenham post Kane, and we all feared it. But after a while, you just you just I don't know. I'm quite pleased it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's exactly right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll see the benefit. Like Liverpool when they had Coutinho, I keep on coming back to this. Got better because they invested the money into a few more positions, and they were able to have a bit more breadth through that, and and a few more different plans. And I, I, obviously, Kane is one of the best players in the world. He made Bayern Munich better, but I think it will make Tottenham better by not having him there in a weird way. Um, if he could come back, obviously I'd take him, and we'd have to find a way to play with him purely because there is guaranteed goals there, but. I I don't think it's a bad thing he went and getting 100 million for him for a 31 year old in his last year of his contract is fabulous business. Like and and it's better that he's gone with Big Ange in charge than it is Conte or any of the other mugs we've had previously. That is a very good point. Like leaving us with them would just imagine how bad. Imagine what it would be like if it was just Richardson at front of the Conte Mourinho team. That is awful. Yeah, with six at the back. <laughs> Can I just say my last point on Fulham, which I didn't bring up, is I really feel sorry for Davison Sanchez. Uh, like I get it he missed the penalty and that's gutting 
but and and he wasn't great at all in the game right i think i think there were so many poor players on the pitch but he had the proverbials to step up and take the third penalty Absolutely. why was he taking the third penalty anyway it's just insane I so i feel so sorry for him and on the on the topic of penalties fine to make changes but why vicario wasn't either brought on for the penalty oh, shootout and why he didn't start given he has an absolutely incredible probably one of the best penalty saving records in the top leagues in europe why not bring him on i just don't on. understand it and though that weird it was so when i watched the highlights i was like it i i thought it was just replaying one because the because Forster did exactly the same dive, and I, I just didn't. He was didn't so even... rooted to the spot. He just it was so weird. Yeah. Hey ho, we're out. It was sad. Uh, I saw so working sea containers on the Thames, and one of my Tottenham mates texted me and went, "Look out the window!" And there was a big boat of uh, Spurs fans. I'm not sure. I texted it in the group, didn't I? Uh, yeah. All going down, flags and shouting and singing. That was really lovely to see because it was lovely to see people happy to be Spurs fans in public again and just happy <laughs> to be around, you know, because you know what it's not like. Not just in private. Yeah, not just in <laughs> private. It's, it's, it's the, we're not a dirty secret anymore. You know, it's it's like we can talk about it and we can be proud of it. And talking of, let's talk about the Burnley game. We went 1-0 down after four minutes. How did you feel then? Um, slightly edgy, I won't lie. Mm. Um, but I think it's because we had a couple of like the momentum wasn't with us not because of Fulham but because in the previous few minutes we just um Solomon who just looked like he was really really lacking in in confidence he lost the ball a couple of times and Mm. he just looked a bit off pace Basuma hadn't really managed to get a grip yet in as soon as he has done in previous games so I was a bit concerned how we might respond um but ultimately respond we did yeah i mean it was interesting to see vincent come come up again vincent company for a start the cap and suit look is awful <laughs> like commit do you know what i mean like don't do that just just don't do that full respect for the man though um I, really excited to see his team i i wouldn't have minded him taking over at spurs like there was that big chat about it mm. uh and they matched us didn't they for the first half like we could it could have gone either way we could have taken a few more of our chances like it's amazing to see how many chances we're making and then suddenly either they dropped off or we stepped up and the football we played was it was the best football I've seen in five years like really it's been such a forgettable five years go and have a look I put the um the Tottenham dog days are over a montage on reddit the other day and it it it, so many happy memories pour out from that period. There are very, very, very few happy memories of good football from the last five years. But mm. Suddenly, and you can go on YouTube and look for Tottenham montages. There aren't many, you know, people used to make them because it was fun to watch and there was good stuff to see. But now it's mm. not. It's a lot of clinical finishing from Harry Kane and Kane and Son being in the opposition half for just by themselves and scoring. But for the like, it's lovely one-touch football. It's so aggressive. It's so opportunistic. It's so risk, risky. And I know you love a risk. And I, I, I tell me how much you love it, and who you love. Tell me who you love. Oh, I love, I love Big Ange. You just love I can't Big see, Ange. I can't see beyond Big Ange. Like, I'm not afraid to admit, I responded like a bigoted twat when we appointed him, <laughs> genuinely, and I shouldn't be probably so honest although I hope that people don't you know turn on me here but and and I said to as you know I've got countless 
Aussie um, family members. And I said to them, like, I know you guys, I know Australia, I regularly go, you know nothing about football. So the idea that we'd appointed this Aussie, albeit, you know, of Greek origin, was just a little, didn't really sit well with me. And it came off the back of um, a huge group of fans, obviously wanted Poch back. Um, and I think probably maybe an even larger amount were gutted when when Nagelsmann didn't come through and we were so so keen and quick to throw our toys out the pram. So when we appointed him, I found it a little bit deflating. And then and then I think we I might have had this conversation with you off air, but I I then to try and make sense of it, I then went on this wormhole where yeah. I probably watched eight hours of interviews and footage of his talks and 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 within 24 hours I just thought oh my god I love this man like I adore him there's something about the ability to articulate in the way that he does in such an inspirational and kind of disarming manner that I just I needed in my life from a Spurs uh, manager because we you know we've had Obviously, Conte just made us feel like we didn't deserve him. And yet he made us so desperately unhappy at the same time. It was like a really unhealthy dynamic. So the timing of the appointment. And again, I know people know that I'm not a ruthless Enoch out person, but hats off to Daniel Levy, because the easy thing would have been to get Poch back. He would have said yes, but he didn't. He went with Big Ange. And you ask me who I love at the moment. And, you know, it's Big Ange. Loving Big Ange instead. I love all of them. Vicario <laughs> loves being a keeper. I love Mickey Vanderman. Properly, properly looks like uh, Supian Vertonghen in the way that he runs and just how aggressive he is. He's a little bit sloppy on the ball at the moment. Big fan yeah. of him. Basuma and Saar, I love defensive midfielders. I don't know. I think that's sort of my position. I just, I love Basuma so much. Madison. Yeah. I thought Solomon was really good in the second half yesterday. He got two assists, didn't he? And he was just, he was it's, rapid. It's, yeah, he did. And, it, and it's unfair for me to say, I suppose, to knock him in any way, given he had two two assists. But but I don't know. I, he didn't he didn't fill me with confidence in the first half. But, you know, it was his his first league start. So, yeah, you've got to give him time. I, in fact, when he came on, um, was it United? He came on uh, as a sub. He had that brief kind of cameo where he looked really, really explosive and dangerous. Um, and you're right, he got two assists. But you know what I think? I haven't checked this. I meant to before the pod. I think we've scored, what, 11 goals now. And I can only think of two, maybe three, maybe SARS that weren't either scored or assisted by Son or our two vice captains. I would have done the... Um, I think it's done three. The before. I had to think about it after the Burnley game because obviously Son got the hat trick, Madders got one, and Romero got the other. And it made me think, hang on, that's the captain and vice captain. But then hang on, Madison scored here, Romero scored the other week. And I, and I just thought, actually, these guys are really stepping up and they're they're having such a massive impact. We've had and I'm different... not a fan of Son playing up front on his own. I know you're no. not either. It worries me. Uh well. I know we'd had different scorers all the way through because it was it, it was Saar and Davis sort of wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so they're the t- they're two of the three I think Saar and Davies because Saar it was Kulusevski's cross, Davies I think it oh and Kulusevski's goal was obviously Adogi. Yeah. The rest I'm sure were Son Madders or, or Romero. Yeah, and they just look like they absolutely love love playing. They're yeah. playing together like it, it's. 
I, I, I'm so happy. Can we talk about the goals? Because I, I said to my wife, uh, who you know very well, and I'm like, oh, I might man. show her the, um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, match of the day. I was like, I might show you the match of the day because she loves football when it looks beautiful, and it does yeah. look beautiful at the moment. Yeah. So let let's start with the goals with the sun's goal, Sun and Solomon. Yeah. Why they left two at the back and pushed so high up, I mean, that that is a lesson that they learned. But I thought they played it really well. It feels like Tottenham of old. They might, someone held on to it too long. Sun was too close. Like they strike the other striker with the free one would have been too close to centre back. But they played but it will, really well. That will well. happen to us this season. There'll be a moment this season where we say why we left only two at the back and God forbid City or someone counter because the the average formation showed that we pretty much do play a back two the majority of the time. It looks on the pitch like a back two, and the same with them. Um, and that you you said quite rightly that Solomon got two assists, so you know he obviously did well. But I mean, Porro deserved more than his one assist because the the assist of the assist for that first goal was Porro, and that ball was absolutely gorgeous and it was almost a replica of the one he then did for Son's second goal I mean it went via Solomon his first one but that 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 ball was reminiscent of Kane they were the balls that Kane's been playing the last couple of years so to have the ability for someone who is I suppose technically a right wing back right defense now slotting into midfield to have someone who's able to pick out a pass like that so well and so consistently is just it's just lovely to see it was lovely, wasn't it? Son with his hat trick now, 106 Premier League goals. It's more than Trogba, and more than Ronaldo as well, isn't it? Now? More than Ronaldo and Trogba played only 20, 18 games fewer, which for like all-out striker in that Chelsea super team, I mm. think is incredible. And Ronaldo, yeah, 103 and 236, so 36 fewer than um, Son. Human still not bad when Ronaldo came back and played up front. So. I think it's incredible. You know, he's only, what is he? He's only seven behind um, Ian Wright, which he could beat this season. Ian Wright's one of the all-time Premier League's greatest strikers. So, yeah, pretty incredible. Incredible stuff. Did you have a favourite goal? Is it Madsen or Romero? Let's let's play Madsen or Romero, because it's got to be one of those two. <laughs> Uh, I think I think it was Madison because there was a moment in the first half and I almost sent you a video clip of it because I was filming yeah. most of what I could see from one of my Aussie brothers who was missing the game. There was a moment where he played a one-two, I think, off Saar and it was exactly the same area of the pitch. I mean, I said to, on the group, I think I said to Chris, just imagine a James Madison goal and it will be the goal he just scored. So And he almost scored it in the first half. So maybe matters, but there's something also so wonderful about Romero just absolutely twatting it in the top corner but precise as well yes. maybe it's yeah. maybe the start like the, the the encapsulation of the new Romero like absolutely twatting it but also precise and what was he doing there anyway you know it was it was really really lovely and it came from like ping pong in the box you know or whiff waff in the box where we were just pinning them in how long has it been since we've seen that and all the players around the edge of the box absolutely love it uh, yeah. Vicario made some decent saves as well. I I love that man. So I love more... how he celebrates everything he does with, with as if it's like the the final whistle's just gone. Yeah. Well, I just think he's he's Italian fella. He's born in well, 1996, so he's super. He's only 26 years old. It's a young man come from it. Played in Italy, gone on loads of loans. Had an amazing season with Empoli, 
and then comes to Tottenham, like middle of London, big team, just had an Italian manager, your strikers left, like taking over from the World Cup winning captain, and he's smashing it. I, I, absolutely brilliant. And he's, you know, top four keepers in terms of shot saves and percentages, blah, 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 boring stats. Um, I just, I, 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 I just feel really proud of him. Did you see his, um, his Instagram thing? Oh, his message to say yeah. thanks to the, everyone before he shoots off on international duty. Yeah, yeah. great. Love it. I, and that's something else that um, perhaps we could have brought up when we talked about the transfer window and Brennan Johnson, like the, we, the characters of the players, which is obviously important, but isn't something you really see when you're, you know, the, the EA Sports FIFA generation. You only think about the quality on the pitch, but the character of the people we've got, the players we've got, just seems to be really good. And it's it's something that Steve Cooper gave a glowing uh, remark today or yesterday about Brennan Johnson and, and what a kind of down-to-earth family guy he is, proper hard worker. And, and, and it's obviously something that Big Ange looks for. And it's also why I wasn't devastated that we kept Hoiberg. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm probably one of Conor Gallagher's biggest fans, and I'm ashamed oh, to yeah. say that because he's a Chelsea boy, but he, I've just, I've adored him for years. I remember him at West Brom thinking, wow, this kid is really good. Um, so, yeah, I would have loved to have signed him, but, I, you know, I'm not devastated we've got Hoiberg. No. I, I yeah I remember reading an interview with Hoiberg and they said you know what's your morning routine I hate the obsession with morning routines I think there's this tech bro over optimization of your life which is really sad and, and yeah, yeah. uncompatible uncompa- I drink the tears of my competitors that's exactly it and uh, while I'm meditating <laughs> and drinking I don't know bullshit I, I hate it but the um he was like I get up I drink a pint of water and then and then I go for a run and it, it's just all about how like you've got one life I'm going to be the uber professional and you can see it and I love yeah. that I, I love that we've got those figures because you need the you need the flair and then you need the the rocks and like that's why he just doesn't get injured are you worried just to play devil's advocate here are you yeah. are you concerned that we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves at all and are you worried about the lack of options up front Do you know i was thinking about palmer violet and the reason i was thinking about palmer violet what i love them. you're the reason they're still in production yeah me and me and my, one of my daughters oh it's like i was talking to my brother the other day we we're talking about cookery books and you know in cookery books these days like half of them are stories about the author's life i don't care i don't care <laughs> about you i don't care about where you grew up apart from like if it's an indian cookbook i want you to be indian but like, I, I don't care and then my brother was like oh i love that stuff and i'm like you're the prick you're the one that that makes <laughs> that wastes all this space give me five more recipes stop telling me about your father but you know like it, I imagine it's a bit like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like they've been abused, they've been kept in a hole underground, and we've come out of the ground and someone's hands us palmer violets and we think they're amazing, but actually they taste like like talcum powder. And are we just overhyped for a team that's just beaten Burnley, you know, quite well, but we should have beaten them, got a lucky win against Man United, deserved loss to Fulham and a deserved draw against Brentford. Like are we just going, we've got Arsenal in two games time. No, I, I don't think we are. I think, like we've always said, we will get absolutely battered against Liverpool and probably against City as well. And that's absolutely fine. I've got zero worries about it because all I've wanted is to love football again. And that's all I want. I'd rather lose than go and watch any Conte game, you know. And what I'm excited for isn't results, but what I'm excited for is giving us results at the moment. And that is the thing that we need to remember is it's making me love football. I hated football. I hated mm. watching it. We we talked about stopping the pod just because 
what we just said the same thing over and over again oh shit you know we're, we're a bit boring we got lucky because we got harry kane blah 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 now it's i'm excited to watch players who want to be at spurs i'm excited to watch big Ange who wants to be at spurs and who want to do it for the fans and i don't know what do you think uh, I don't know. I find myself having this like weird internal monologue when it comes to, say, Mickey van der Ven and people saying he's Vertonghen like, and I don't disagree. And yet at the same time, I just think it's, you know, he's had a few games. Vertonghen did it over years and years and was just so, he was just Mr. Consistent. And there's been a couple of moments, including the Burnley game, in fact, where he did come up short or he did something a bit daft or he looked slightly off the pace, which is ironic given his pace. But, um, and the same with the United game, right? Like they could have easily scored. Uh, uh, Fernandez had that header, didn't he? And it would have gone in on another day. Yeah. Um, the game against Brentford, what's the guy's name? Billings, he almost scored on the stroke of half time and probably should have scored. So I keep thinking about these like almost sliding door moments, which where we would have conceded had it been a better team and then in my head I defend myself by saying shut the fuck up we almost won the Champions League but we didn't so like stop talking about things that didn't happen and enjoy it's almost like I'm not letting myself fully let go and embrace how happy football's making me because I keep thinking oh but it might not we we could have lost that game that's exactly exactly what um uh Rob and Chris were saying last week and that is exactly the attitude of um traumatized people there's a very good book about how trauma impacts the body which i could recommend to you if you want to understand like how it changes your brain and for every one of those ones that could have gone in we also had one that could have gone in as well so they're they're neutralized um i just looked up the odds of us winning the league it's 20 to 1 at the moment we're fourth liverpool eight to one the scum seven to one city two to five so uh, i think we all know where where everyone thinks it's gonna uh, who's gonna win i'm surprised liverpool are so short i really too. Me too. Really am. I, I mean, they honest, looked Arsenal diabolical as well. against Newcastle. I know they won with 10 men, but they looked diabolical. Arsenal, as you say, you know, they were a little bit lucky today. Um, I think going back to um, asking you about being short up top, having been reliant on Son concerns me a bit because... Massively. He's he's amazing, right? But I, I, I actually thought of something when I was watching the Burnley game. He reminds me of... Do you ever play Mario Kart? Of course. Do you remember ever playing as Toad? Like really good when he gets going, but, but like he's quite slight. And you just, I just think you don't win the league with Toad up front. Um, it's just different, isn't it? Because we've had a strong, precise striker. Now we've got a really two-footed, quick, from any side striker. We're just going to have to play differently. And we can't, can't expect him. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but we can't expect him to do what Harry Kane did or even what Richardson's meant to do. He's meant to get goals however we're playing. And he's yeah. he does that, you know, um, and yeah. he's played really well. And he is spreading that even if he's not scoring, he's assisting, which is more than Richardson's going to do. I, we're, we're too reliant on Basuma, Madison and Son already. And Udoggy, I think. If Udoggy goes, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. You know, and that is a problem. But the fact we're playing once a week should stop muscle injuries as much as it, they have happened. And hopefully we won't get too many impact injuries. But you are absolutely right. We are one injury away from this falling apart, as we saw on 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 uh, on, on um, against Fulham. I, I really believe that. Um, got another game coming up. I don't want to talk about that because we'll we'll talk about that in a week. What um. I've got a quiz. And what I did was I went on the Spurs website 
I went on the shop and I've got, I'm going to describe three items for you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to put them in order of how much they cost because you know the tat that they said on there. I also went on to the Man United website because when I was talking to a Man United friend and they they have got more tat and more expensive tat as well. But I've got three three rounds of this. Let's see what you do. So um, the Spurs personalised dressing room mug. OK, so it's a mug where you can personalise and have your name and number put on a shirt that's uh, on the picture on the mug. A Spurs baby giraffe plush bear 100 percent a baby a giraffe yeah very a small baby giraffe bear right and the spurs personalized pattern socks these are incredible so i can send them a picture of your head and they're in a repeating pattern all over the sock with some spurs badges on it and stuff honestly they're genuinely amazing that's one pair of socks so that's a big sock mate They're not going over your head. Spurs personalised dressing room mug. Spurs baby giraffe plush bear. Spurs personalised pattern socks. Give me give me what you're feeling. What's your thought process? Uh, so I think, I think, I mean, the, the, the giraffe toy, depending on the make, those things can be ludicrous, but we're talking Tottenham here, so it's not yeah. going to be like a... No. So I think that's going to be your lowest cost especially yeah. because it suggested it wasn't too high. And then it's a toss-up between the other two. I think it's probably mug than socks, just because thinking about the production process, but I might be at an advantage here because we produce merch sometimes. Mate, you have smashed it. The plush bear, £12. Personalised dressing room mug, £12.99. Personalised pattern socks, which I genuinely love, £19.99. Well done, mate. <laughs> Did well. Right, level two is the mid-range gifts. So... The remake of the Spurs Retro Pony 95-96 away shirt, the purple one, the really lovely one. Do you know what I mean? I had it. Yeah, yeah, I had it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got a version of that one. Oh, no, I've got the really shiny original one. Um, Right, so the Spurs Retro Pony 95-90. Well, have you got a price in your head that you're thinking immediately of how much that costs? Uh, 50 quid. That's interesting. Uh, Spurs Signet Gold Ring. Is, it's stainless steel gold plated i'm not even sure it's gold plated i think someone's coloring it in with the <laughs> like honestly it is made of stainless steel and a spurs knitted cockerel blanket 100 percent acrylic i had to check the acrylic because if it's made out of wool like maybe but yeah. so we've got a 95 96 away shirt signet gold ring made out of stainless steel <laughs> and a knitted cockerel blanket oh shit yeah, that's not as easy. I'm going reverse order. Blanket, reverse order. ring, retro. What? It. That's the. What? So the blanket's the most expensive. No, I'm saying cheapest. Right. Sixty quid for the blanket. Is it? It's a lot of money. Sixty quid for the blanket, and then next is the away shirt at forty-five quid. So you're really close for fifty, and then the signet ring is a bargain at thirty-five quid. So. Ah. Okay. And they only do them in small, medium, large. They don't do them in the letters like right rings do. And I only know rings do that because I, I remember getting my wedding ring. Right, we're on the most expensive now. Gifts. These are the expensive ones. A Sun Hyung Min Stadium Premier League Tottenham Hotspur away shirt. You know, the, you know they do two levels of shirt. This is the stadium one, so it's the most expensive one. With yeah. sun on the back, the away yeah. shirt. So not yeah. the third shirt, the away shirt. Yeah. A men, Spurs men's gold detail watch. It's a Seconda watch with rose gold on the, the detail. 
and then a boxed signed shirt from this year. So 2023, 22, 23. Oh no, must be last year. Boxed signed shirt. So last year's box signed shirt. Rose detailed gold watch. Seconda Sun Premier League Stadium away shirt. Is there much between them, or are we talking VAR here? Uh, there's not much between two of them, and one of them is a lot, 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 lot more. Well, I reckon, I reckon the watch has got to be the most expensive because I think if Daniel knows, as soon as you talk watches, people are thinking bigger money. Son's shirt, I'm sure if you if you've got the top shirt, I think it's like it's close to 200 quid, isn't it? Something ludicrous, and the signed shirt. So I imagine they're those two are quite close. I'm gonna go. Watch is the most expensive. Oh, this is tough. Son shirt, signed shirt. Uh, completely wrong, mate. We weirdly, really? the rose gold detail watch, eighty quid. Ah. Oh. The then it's the stadium shirt. It's only a hundred quid. Only a hundred quid. Ridiculous. And last year's box signed shirt, six hundred. Imagine really? going. I'm going to buy the signed shirt, which you can get on eBay from authenticated uh, services. Just hang out around outside the uh, training room for six hundred English pounds. That's um, absurd. Those things just don't hold their value either. That's just absurd. No, they really don't. Uh, Paul Smith has a range of Man United. We were talking about this, like, like Man United are worse than us for having official partners of. Paul Smith have got a wallet which. Uh, is just the cut some colours. It's a two hundred quid for a Paul Smith Man United wallet, but you can get like suits. The scarf is one hundred and twenty five pounds. You know they really are catering to a, a a crowd that are not going to Tottenham. <laughs> I listened to uh, a brilliant interview with Karen Brady earlier and oh, yeah? learned that you can get an under eighteen season ticket at West Ham for ninety nine quid. That is brilliant. So less, less than a son shirt. Less. I know which one I'd rather. You though. can still buy some Palmer violets. <laughs> um, oh, it's the the international break. You interested in the international break? England? No, not me neither at all. No, um, couldn't be less interested to be honest. Boring, isn't it? Uh, yeah. We've got Sheffield United next uh, two I'll weeks. Be there. How are you? First game of the season. First game, yeah, and I'm gutted because, as you know, I normally make at least, well, certainly make the first game of the season and I have done for consecutive years for a long time now and I missed the United game and I was devastated pre-game, so so obviously double devastated post-game. But yeah, Yeah. it'll be my first time at the ground this season. I'm looking forward to hearing your your uh, opinions on it all we should be battering them they've drawn one lost three so should be good 74% win probability according to Google um any anything else anything else you want to do anything else you want to say um anything else I want to say no I don't uh, no not really I'm just I'm just so I'm just I'm back like I feel like I'm Tottenham are back I feel like the passion is back the flair the way we play I'm interested to I'm interested how, if anything, this changes fans' opinions of Daniel Levy. Yeah, right. So I don't think fickle. it will. I don't think it will change at all. Um, but I do wonder if we're going to criticise him and Enoch. And don't get me wrong, I do think there's been massive flaws to how they run the club. But you only have to look at the state Everton are in. 
I mean, they sold oh, it. Wobi has been one of their best players in recent years. I know he wasn't going to renew his contract, but they are the, I've got two mates who support Everton and they're probably more depressed than we were as a fan base last season. And they have been three years running. Yeah, They've picked up one point this season from that draw with Sheffield United yesterday and their financial fair play is a noose around their necks. And yet everyone's so desperate for Enoch to be out. And I just keep thinking, but, it could be worse. Yeah, <laughs> People yeah. don't, don't see it. We've got Big Ange. We've invested in players like Van der Ven, Madison, Brennan Johnson, who's clearly got a high ceiling. We've got one of the youngest starting 11s in the Premier League. People are happy. Like, soak it in. Right. Stop stubbing your toe and blaming Daniel Levy. I'm fed up with it. Well, we live in the age of outrage, don't we? And people looking for something to be angry about. And actually, one, you can't control it anyway. Two, like if you write down what you want from a club, most of the time Spurs are delivering. Like we don't, we don't want to be owned by a by a, a country that chops people's hands off for being for thieving and kills them for being gay. We don't want to have American owners that are there just to set money at the house. We don't want uh, Russian oil billionaires who are basically killed to get what they want. Like what? Yeah, we we've we've just got a currency manipulator, and that's that's great, you know. It it's it is what it is. I mean, you can't go through life looking for stuff to be outraged about because you you just won't be able to live. There's the you can find outrage in everything we do. Enjoy what's in front of you, and right now, it's all about the present, and the present is Tottenham, and that's great. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, obviously, it's lovely to see you. Uh, I don't know what we'll do about the international break, but hopefully we'll do something. Um, lovely to see you, mate. And right, don't forget, the future's bright. The future's Eddie White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. 
We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream, to dare is to do.